Welcome to Enterprising, a podcast from Enterprise Bank & Trust that's empowering business leaders one conversation at a time. Each week, we'll hear from top business professionals about lessons on leadership and entrepreneurship that they've learned along the way. I'm your host, Alana Mueller, an entrepreneurial executive leader whose primary focus is to connect, inspire, and empower community. We at Enterprise Bank & Trust thank you for tuning in to another episode. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Enterprising Podcast. Rob Adams is a thought leader in sales, marketing, and leadership. With more than 20 years of experience as an entrepreneur and proven leader, Rob set strategic direction for Bishop McCann and joined the company as president in 2014 at its Kansas City headquarters location. Rob Adams, welcome to Enterprising Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. I want to actually kick off our conversation by learning more about your career journey. It's my understanding that you started your career as an entrepreneur when you launched a donut franchise in Las Vegas. So it already sounds like a delicious journey. I can't wait to hear about it. And I know that you grew that business into a multi-unit operation. And in fact, rumor has it that tennis star Andre Agassi was a fan and bought the business from you. So tell us more. Oh my gosh. There is a lot there in just that question alone. But yeah, it's true. So I... You know, I give you a bit of background on that. So I'm I'm actually from from Kansas City. I moved away when I was uh, right before uh, I graduated from after graduating from high school. So I was what 19, and you know I originally thought I'd wanted to go into to law, and of course you know the thing that you know I always love asking people you know if you thought you were going to be doing this uh, 20 years ago, what you're currently doing, the answer is always no. The, the same is true for me. So what happened was I was in Las Vegas and one of my very good friends was from Greenwich, Connecticut. And I should say I'm from Raytown, Missouri. So let's just say that our backgrounds were a little um, diverse. Slightly different, but but you both ended up in Las Vegas, right? So <laughs> we, we, did. So we, we did. Um, and we just, we loved, you know, talking about our background because it, it was so different and there was such a respect of you know how we thought about things how we thought about business and at the time Krispy Kreme had just gone public and my friend had made a comment that no one would be able to compete with Krispy Kreme donuts and that all of these uh, stores in Las Vegas were going to be closing down and I just made a general comment that a uh, a company a uh, donut company would come into Las Vegas and would, would compete. You know, we would just the basic uh, premise that if you have a better product and you have a better uh, location, that there's always good competition. And uh, he said, unfortunately, I don't think that's the case, you know, that money always wins. And um, oh, wait a minute, hold, hold on. You're saying, so what about if, a, if someone like me, a kid from Raytown wanted to open up a donut store, you're saying I couldn't do it. And he said, well, Rob, I mean, not to be disrespectful, but no, probably not. <laughs> uh, so again, being, I was 23 back then. And I was so mad that he was saying that someone like myself couldn't do it because I didn't have the resources. And so, oh my gosh, think about whoever the, my banker was at this time. It was financed by $300,000 in credit cards. Um, <laughs> I, I approached wow. him. I approached, uh, no, what happened was I approached Ray Lamar 
And I told Ray, I said, I had this idea that I want to turn uh, donuts into these high-end uh, donut stores. And Ray loved the idea. And, and Ray actually taught me how to make donuts. And so I came to Kansas City for, gosh, almost a month and started uh, Lamar's Donuts in Las Vegas. And my very first customer was Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf. And uh, they they were looking to invest at that time, Krispy Kreme, one of the reasons why they were so successful is, that, is they had so many celebrities right behind the brand and and Andre wanted to be a part of Lamar's at the time I was, you know, very stubborn and wasn't looking for an investor. But uh, years later, when I was looking for someone to transition the business to, he literally was in my store that Sunday. And uh, four days later, I, I sold uh, I sold it to Andre Agassi. That That is true. That's amazing. So, okay. So, so many, so many questions for you. But, but what I'll say is um, I too grew up in Kansas City and on Lamar's Donuts. So I would say delicious product. So great choice. But what I really want to know is for you, what was it like to, from from a career point of view, how did that experience shape shape who you are, shape your career journey? Yeah. It's interesting because I think of how you, how you think of your life of younger in your life versus, you know, how I think about my life today. You know, when I say I was younger, uh, but my a lot of my career was based upon the premise of proving. And when someone someone would say, "I can't, you can't do something, you can't do it, it's impossible," that became the drive of why I wanted to do things. It's uh, the, the truth is, I did Lamar's because someone said something's not possible. Yeah. You know, this, the second career that I had was with Microsoft. Even though I was with a big company, I always went into teams, wanted to be part of products that were underperforming. And the moment someone said that there's no way that that team is going to be successful, that's when I knew I wanted to do it. And if actually my last role that I had in Microsoft was I was the GM of uh, Microsoft Canada. The reason why I went there is someone said it was a career killer and no one could be successful. Like I... I want, that's really like, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go to Canada. And I think that the, and then kind of fast forward to, you know, me being here at Bishop McCann, it was, I said, this is kind of how I think about my life today is I, I also love seeing potential, you know, potential in whether it's companies, but really potential in people. And as I think about my, the, the life that I've lived and bringing it to Bishop McCann, what it really has been about is everything that I've done is when I see, when I see potential in someone and I can actually see that potential, actually uh, see things that maybe people didn't think themselves were possible. There's nothing that is, that's better than that. And so I, I was on the board of Bishop McCann and I saw the possibility of what the company uh, could be based upon the leadership that was here and great clients and capabilities. And the other thing that, you know, sometimes in life, you, you give advice to others that you don't live yourself. And I always used to tell people that when you're thinking about a career, the one thing you should never do is think about the job itself. Right. Absolutely. Focus on the things that will make you happy. And then you layer on the opportunities. And originally when Dan, who's the founder of the company, offered me to come be part of Bishop McCann, I declined because I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not that. 
Um, then of course a friend of mine said, but Rob, you're not, have you really gone to that exercise yourself about what you teach us? And I think, gosh, the things in my life that are most important are my family here in Kansas city, right? Number two is my, uh, I have a little brother, Jorge, for the big brother, big sister program in Chicago and wanted to be closer to him. And, and the third was still always wanting to feel like I could make an impact. I uh, feel like I can make an impact. And I, and when I thought about Bishop McCann versus the opportunities that were presented at, at Microsoft, I realized that it was a very easy choice to uh, leave Canada and come back to my hometown. Gosh, I, I love the people telling you, you can't, I can so relate to this experience where Somebody says you can't do it, and so you want to you want to prove them wrong, or you love the challenge of a challenge that that you see that there's a potential part, problem, or somebody says it, something can't be done, you're like, nope, it can be, and I'm going to show you how. And I just I love that. I want to I want to hear a little bit more though about Bishop McCann itself. I know that the company is really differentiating itself, and and you're helping to lead innovation across the meetings, events, and incentives industry. Can you talk a little bit about what the company does and how it sort of plays out every day with its clients? Sure. We are, Bishop McCann is in the meetings, events, and incentive uh, trip business. So if you kind of think about the types of business that we do, when people are getting together for things like national sales meetings, we are what we call a full service uh, capabilities agency. So we do everything from, we have a, um, an air team that will book your book your trip to all the logistics that you can think about that happen on, on site to all the things that happen like when, we, when you're in the ballroom and all of the production and entertainment. That's the business that we do on, on the meetings and events side. And then on incentive trips for companies that are looking to reward their employees, we also have another division that is around building incentive trips I think when I think about our industry and from my prior life of technology to today, I think one of the reasons why I got excited about excited about coming to this industry is the amount of innovation that is that is happening in our industry. And also loving the mission of the company of We Create Joy. And, and then we're kind of asking about the different the how do we differentiate ourselves? I have to say the mission, even though it sounds like a marketing mission, there's actually neuroscience behind that behind that mission. We met a neuroscientist by the name of Dr. Paul Zak years ago, who spent his entire life studying what is joy. And he came up with this originally very long equation and it became very simple. And he said that joy equals trust times purpose. And when you have trust and purpose on your life, uh, it creates oxytocin, which ultimately creates happiness or joy. And so when we think about what does joy have to do with meetings and events, well, it has a lot to do with it. Because when you go to a meeting and event, your ultimate objective is we want to we create a memorable experience. And we know that when, when people are happy, they become extreme brand um, advocates. So it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun business to be in the joy, in, in the joy business for sure. In the joy business. <laughs> I think it's cool. Well, okay. Well, so not to bring down the mood, but, but I know one thing about business is that it's tough. It's tough. And not every endeavor is a great success. And perhaps it's not always as joy filled as we would wish. Can you share an example of a disappointment or a failure that you or the company has faced and how you overcame the challenge? Yeah, I think um, even a few years ago, and I, I, I'm blanking out even the year because uh, it's COVID. I find I find myself 
when I talk about that period of time, I, there's a there's a blank for me of I feel like there's a couple of years in, in my in my head that are erased. But it was a time we had just did an acquisition. We were at our staff retreat. We were celebrating as a company all the success that we had had over the last couple of years. And COVID, we, the announcement started coming with COVID. And I remember one of our uh, meetings we had for 15,000 people, they had just canceled it. And I get a notification in my email every time there's a new meeting happen or cancellation. And I will never forget the day that my email was just overloaded with all of the cancellations and 80% of our entire revenue had disappeared within one day. And I remember being in a room and we were looking at our cash flow for the business. And what was what was in front of me was saying that we were going to be out of business within six months. And someone in the room had just looked at me and just kind of took my hand and said, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. And that piece of me that's like, no, <laughs> where this no, absolutely, this is don't don't be sorry. We've got to come up with a solution. And I think that that, that moment of knowing that there is some reality of what could happen and the lesson of surrounding yourself with people that first you really trust and great advisors. And I have to say that, you know, the one of the first people that, you know, that I called was, uh, you know, you call your bank. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember I called Jeff Carson and just the amount of, you know, just first of all, empathy and care and having a partner that was there every step of the way, but also just having friends in your life. And I think the other thing that is really important is when you're in a mode of trying to save a company, sometimes, and you're having to make some tough decisions about reducing salaries, letting people go, knowing that the decisions that you're making are impacting people's life, you have to really search deep in yourself and ask the question, what is my intention? And making sure that everything that you say, everything that you do is related to related to your intention. And I think that, you know, I think that the lesson of all of that is, you know, when you're the most challenging at times and you can see failure in front of you, always know there's different paths. Surround yourself with smart people, people that you trust. And I have to say the third thing is, it may seem soft, but the power of belief, you know, just believing that with the right intent and trying to do the best you can, the good things can happen. Sure. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that sort of that the optimistic outlook that that there's got to be another way, I think really does pull people through. And I mean, and, and in a sense, we've kind of come full circle from my first question to you about how being the donut dude sort of shaped your, shaped your career and, and then brought you to the place that you are now. And it was, I can't is not, is not the answer, right? It's I can, and we're going to figure out how. And, and I just, I love that the belief in yourself, the belief in the company, the belief in the people you surrounded yourself with is really what pulled you through. So that's a, that's a great story. And believing the, believing, you know, also, I think that the best part of that time is seeing the people that were here and that they believed. Yes. 
right? I remember the call that I, I had with one of my employees and I was just thanking her, you know, for all the work that she had done during a very difficult time. And she said, you know, you know why, Rob, you know why we're all doing this, right? And I go, why? Because we know we're saving a company and we know and we believe. And, you know, I just remember that moment of it was just a very, it was a very touching moment because I thought, gosh, that's, that's what it is all about is, you know, have, having that belief, um, belief in yourself and knowing that's part of a bigger, bigger impact. Just so great. Great story. So I know you talked about Jeff Carson, who is the leader of the Kansas City region for Enterprise Bank and Trust. Talk about other professional advisors. Who do you surround yourself with? So you talked a lot about the people on your team. How, how have your personal advisors shaped and helped you to develop yourself and your business? Yeah, I when I think about the network that I have, my network, mentors, friends, I think one of the things that has been super helpful for me is surrounding myself with not only people that some people definitely have uh, similar thinking than mine, but actually the majority of them don't. And different views, different perspectives, you know, making sure that you have your, you know, you are intentional about intentional and unintentional. And what I mean by that, there's times when you're very intentional about making sure, obviously you want to make sure that you are surrounding yourself with people like having a great relationship with your bank, right? Making sure that you've got great legal advice, legal advice, financial advice. But there's also times I'm involved in an organization called YPO, Young Professionals Organization. And I, I consider them to be an extension of my family. You know, these are people that I can say anything to, and there's no judgment. And there's only the the want to do everything they can to help you. And so I think that I think that the network, friends, everyone I have in my life, the one common element of all of those people is just going back to that word trust. Trust has been something that I has been consistent with the people that I have in my life. That's really cool. So so given all these all these fabulous friends, people, advisors, what's the best piece of business advice that you've received? Oh gosh. I've had so many I had so many great advice. I think the one advice, in fact, I was saying this to someone uh, last week, one of our leaders here, is that when I got into leadership, someone said to me, there's something you need to know about leadership. And that is that leadership can be a lonely place. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And they said that you just need to know that when you go into leadership, don't expect that the, uh, don't, don't go into it for the kudos any longer because <laughs> you're probably not going to get it. You have to be thinking about the bigger impact. And so thinking about like kind of, one of the things I said earlier about things like the things that you do, knowing that you have an impact and the, the possibility of seeing potential in someone that they may not see and then seeing the impact that not only that they do, the collective team does, that that's, that's why you do it. And I, I tell that often to people that are going into leadership is making sure that you've got to be really anchored into that when you when you make that decision to go to leadership. Yeah, so true. So true. So I want to shift gears a little bit. I, I know that you are very community minded. So as much as you focus on your business, you're also very involved in the community. And you already mentioned big brothers, big sisters, and your little Jorge, who you've been 
you've been with or he's been with you or however that works uh, for, for, I think it's nine years now. Talk a little bit about how you made the choice to get involved with Big Brothers Big Sisters and what your relationship with Jorge has has been like. How, How has it developed? Yeah, I so I met Jorge when I was living in Chicago, and uh, one of the things I was the one regret that I have is I don't have I don't have kids of my own, and I wanted to give back in some way, but I also, as I think about youth, and I also just think about my the way I was raised. You know, I was very fortunate that I had two, two very different types of parents. I had one. You know, my dad, who was all about the work ethic, but I also had a mom who was very much about dreaming. And so one of the things that she did when I was a kid is we would go in the car and we would drive along Ward Parkway and she would uh, save money and we would go to, I went to Houston's restaurant as a kid. I remember being so, so, that was so awesome. Um, But we'd go to the, you know, art galleries and she would show me, show me culture. And I think I had the opportunity to understand what the possibilities in life could be like. And I think about the youth today, I think the one thing that causes so many of kids that are not in, quote unquote, the right neighborhood is they don't know what the possibilities can be. And so I wanted to get involved in the Big Brothers Big Sisters because I wanted to find someone in my life that I could I could show what the possibilities in life could could be like. And, you know, I always say of all the things in my life of any accomplishment in my life that I'm most proud of, it's it's Jorge. Because he, you know, what he was is he was someone in my life that he didn't believe in himself. And fast forward, he's now going to be, he's now going to be working at Morgan Stanley. Amazing. <laughs> so I think that goes it goes back to that conversation we had a moment ago when he was so young. And we were taught, we were dreaming about what, what do you want your life to be like? And I remember we were dreaming and he said, Rob, I can never do that. And I said, we have one rule. (laughs) We got one rule. Don't ever tell me that something is not possible. And, you know, to see someone like him that, you know, we had so much fun dreaming together and some of those dreams are now becoming reality is, is, um, yeah, for sure. I think one of uh, something I'm very proud of. That's it's just that's incredibly touching, and I I love how this I can't I can't but I will uh, theme just keeps popping up in your life. It's 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 really remarkable. I, I've loved learning from you and, and learning about that. I, I want to close out with a sort of a final fun question that I ask of every guest, and I I'm always sort of eager for the answer. So here's here's the question. If you could meet with anyone for a cup of coffee, who would it be and why? And and I don't care if it's somebody living, not living, fictional, non-fictional, you get to choose. I love the question, but gosh, there's so many people that I'd want to like go back and meet. I, I think of when I think about your question, you know, I went on a sabbatical about four years ago. And one of the things that I was really in search of is where did I come from? And so I went to I went to Ireland and learned. Of course, the story they tell you about your family of where you know your family history. I mean, what I learned is none of it is true. Absolutely none of it. <laughs> none of it. Um, it's all hypocrisy. It's totally. And the so the the story of really what happened is that I found out that we were we were really Vikings and. 
moved into Scotland and into Ireland. And then from Ireland, we then got on the boat and went to Quebec. And I actually found the birth certificate of my great, great, great grandfather, right? And I think if there's anyone that I could go back in time is to be with him on that boat, you know, on that that moment in time when he made that decision in our family to get on the boat and other members of our family did not. What was he thinking? What was the what was what did he what did he see as the opportunity? What what was it like to know that your family, as you're waving goodbye, you probably will never see them again. In all of the considerations that that he had to make during that time, so I think that I, I would I would love to go back in that time and have a conversation because I think it would give so much more. Uh, I don't know context. I think it would. Uh, I think the word gratitude. I think of my ancestors of. <laughs> Any time or any day, I think I'm having a tough, a, a challenging day. It all puts things in perspective when you think about, you know, your ancestors of of the the challenges that they had during during that time. It, it really does. That that's a that's a good choice. I like that cup of coffee. That's very cool. I'd like to be the fly on the wall of that conversation. That's good. That's really good. Well, this has been just the most fun. So I have been delighted to to have you on Enterprising, Rob Adams. Where can our listeners go to learn a little bit about more about you and about Bishop McCann? Sure. Go to our website, bishopmccann.com. You can go to LinkedIn. You can always just reach out to me personally. It's radams at bishopmccann.com. Fabulous. Rob Adams, thank you so much for being on Enterprising Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week on Enterprising. Be sure to visit our website, enterprisebank.com slash podcast to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. If you found value in today's program, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or telling a friend about us. Enterprising, powering business leaders, one conversation at a time. The views expressed by enterprising presenters or guests are those of the presenter or guest, and not necessarily of Enterprise Bank and Trust or its affiliates. All content of this podcast and any related materials are for informational purposes only. Enterprise Bank and Trust does not make any warranty, express or implied, including warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose, and specifically disclaims any legal liability or responsibility for the accuracy, completeness, or usefulness of any information presented. Enterprise Bank and Trust is not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this podcast. All statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.